Buckle up! This podcast is going to be all about the journey. Hi, I'm Clara, your host of Talk Journey to Me podcast. I'm so glad you're here. This podcast really stemmed from the thought that everyone comes from a different background and how they have handled their highs and lows of life. Join us as we dive deeper into my guest's story. Welcome back to another episode of Talk Journey to Me. This is Clara, your host, and in this episode, I'm going to take you along on my journey going to college. Um, so as where we kind of left off was the high school craziness. Um, at the very end of high school, choosing where I wanted to go to college was kind of that big deal of like, where do you want to go? How far is it? All the things. So when I was deciding, I really applied to, I feel like 10 to 15 different places. And um, my top three places were Ohio, the Ohio State University in Columbus, Ohio, Bowling Green State University, and then um, San Jose State in California. So San Jose State was very much so they had a very high hospitality management um, degree and it was completely across the universe from where I live in small town, Ohio. I thought I was going to have culture shock, obviously, going anywhere for college, but I didn't know if I wanted to be that far from home. So that was kind of nixed. Um, and then it kind of dropped down to the two, which was Ohio State and um, and Bowling Green. And when I was deciding Ohio State or Bowling Green, um, the thought process kept coming up that I could technically go to Ohio State main campus um, and commute. And I was at that point that I didn't want to commute because I wanted the full experience. Bowling Green was far enough away, uh, like, two hour drive from where I lived um, that it was far enough away from family, but it was close enough that if I wanted to, I could come home like on the weekends. So when I did that, I ended up choosing to go to Bowling Green um, and I was going to do hospitality. But then when I got there and talked to advisors and really like thinking things through, I was like, I'm going to be a teacher. And then that's one of the good teaching, teaching school, like one of the best teaching schools. So I took a teaching class, like 101, um, kind of to everything. It was early childhood education. Um, and then in my mindset, I was very much like, I, after that one class, I was like, no, I can handle my cousins. I can handle my friends, like kids sometimes. I was like, and probably my own in the future. But I was like, I cannot deal with random strangers, kids. And then we had to go to a school and kind of shadow. And I was not thrilled with how much that the teachers had to put up with and the parents on top of it, it was just a hot mess. And I was like, I'm probably going to get fired before I'm even hired anyway and anywhere just based on how blunt I am. And I am going to tell you straight up, I'm not 
going to parent your child. Like that's, that's not my job. So that's where I went out of that and went into hospitality. Um, with the hospitality, I obviously went through a lot of different things, um, in classes and, um, I really found my passion with events and planning thing, planning all the parties. Um, and we went to a lot of different places, um, to plan events. So we had certain school events we planned. There were, um, we had projects that we we would have. We all had a history, um, a historical place that we had to plan an event for. Then we had to plan an event for a nursing home that was down the road. So that's kind of where I started my love for all of the events. So there was a lot of friendships that I made through my college experience. There were a lot of friendships that I lost my first, my freshman year. Um, I made a friend with the girl next door, kind of, and it was funny um, because she had her door open, and that's kind of how we were. We were on the first floor, and she had her door open, and anybody that knows me, I'm, like, extra crazy and bubbly, and I say hi to everyone, and I saw her door open, and I didn't even knock. I just walked all on it, and I'm like, hi, I'm Clara what's your name? Do you want to be friends? And to this day, I helped with her wedding for day of back in October of 2020. And, um, she was one of my really good friends. And then I met my best friend. Um, and we, we went, I was the only one from my high school that went to Bowling Green. So I didn't know anybody. Um, And so I was in this English class and we were at a, like at a computer table typing our papers and there were computers on one side and computers on the other side. So you're facing the other person between like the screens of the computer. And we were sitting there and I, the teacher was like, okay, we're going to do a persuasive paper. So let's talk about how would you persuade someone as like to listen to your favorite band? And this was like the example. And I legitimately was like, oh, well, my favorite band is Skillet. And out of nowhere, this guy um, literally looked over his computer screen and goes, that's my favorite band. And the rest was history. Um, Travis became my complete best friend. And I would never take that moment for granted. And we ended up seeing over the years, we ended up seeing 10 out of my 14 skillet shows we saw together. We were front row. We had, we had so many amazing, great times. We would go on like road trips and his family was welcoming that I would go over there for different family, like different events and things. And Um, so autumn, the girl next door in my freshman year, she ended up leaving at the end of the year. And I still had, like, she went to Atlanta, um, to go to a school down there, a college down there. And 
that was really hard for me to lose one of my best friends in college. Um, especially with trusting them with a lot of information. Um, I told, like I disclosed, um, to them just because of like, if I was sick, like to be able to check on me because my family wasn't always there and different things. And, um, I had to really learn how, like who to trust and who I could newly trust. And they were two of my favorite people on this planet and they still are my people. Um, so Autumn left me in freshman year and then soft at the end of sophomore year, Travis left me to go to Columbus state and Ohio state. Um, and that was another hurdle I had to go through losing my next person, um, straight to, I mean, granted I visited Ohio state a lot more than I probably was even at Bowling Green. Um, so that was kind of an interesting process, um, losing them to different schools at the time. I was probably very angry. Um, but I understand that everybody has to do things for their own reasons. And so there was a time, um, at the end of sophomore year, I was, I, I kind of had an interest in being in a sorority, um, but I never really like went through any of the process. I went through like the process freshman year and I got matched with a group that I did not feel connected with. So I just, I didn't even pursue, I didn't take the pledge. Um, so I, was like, okay, well, if I want to make more friends and I want to be more, um, in the philanthropy area and like charity and giving back has always been kind of a big part of my life. And so I was working my junior year, I was working full time at the casino in Toledo. And then I was going to school full time. And then I was working on campus part time for work study because I had a grant. Um, and then I was doing all of my classes, still studying, still passing things. And then I wanted to add a sorority on top of it. So I added the sorority on top of it. And I it was a whole change in life of that's a lot of women. I'm just telling you, it's a lot of women. There's a lot of emotions. There's a lot of gossip. There's so many things, but I still would not trade it for the world because now my roommate is my best friend and she was my sorority sister. Um, and that kind of comes full circle later on and, telling you that, but Danielle was one of my close friends and she was my God little, so, or my God big, but I, uh, my big, her and I very much so connected over the fact she was obsessed with England and I had family in England. So we were really connected on that level. And, um, she was very creative and I was very logistical. So we got along um, being able to pick each other's brains with a lot of different things, but she went to England on a work study and, or like a study abroad program and left me by myself in my first semester in a sorority. And sometimes it's really hard because I didn't, I had Danielle, but she was a year younger than me. And it was a little bit harder to go through the struggles as a junior, um, 
starting a sorority at that time. And then Danielle ended up leaving to go to Ohio state. So I just kind of felt like everybody was leaving me and, um, I really kind of got in my head that I wanted to leave too. Um, I didn't really know how or what that was going, how, or I didn't know why I felt that way. And I didn't know how I was going to leave, but I just kind of started thinking about it at that point. Um, so my senior year, two big things kind of happened. And I, as you guys know, like make a wish is a huge part of my life and my life story. And I felt so drawn, um, to help them in some way or be connected some way. And I applied for an internship with the make a wish in Toledo and it felt so great to be able to be a part of something bigger than myself. And I never, in my application for the internship, I did not say that I was a Make-A-Wish kid. Um, I didn't say any of that. I just really wanted to show my own skills. Um, Cause in the back of my mind, if I did include that, I feel like they would have picked me very quickly um, just because they could have that success story. So later on during the internship, I did end up telling them that I was a Make-A-Wish kid and I feel very blessed to be able to give back to a charity that gives so much to kids and gives so much hope. Um, so that was very important to me. And then I went home during my senior year, I went home and, um, Mother's Day is obviously very hard. And my, I ended up taking my grandma and my aunt Darlene to bingo. And we just always had fun being able to play bingo. And I wasn't thinking of my mom's death. I wasn't thinking of like how hard Mother's Day was. Like, I was just thinking of like, let me celebrate the like two women in my life that very much so like have been those mother figures in the loo of my mom. And so I treated them to bingo that night and I was like on the edge of my seat because when you play bingo, you get so excited because you think you're going to win and most likely you're not going to win. It's just very much so a gamble and a speed thing. And it's just, it's just a good time to spend with family. And I remember sitting there and I was getting so excited and my legs starting to shake and I'm just like, so excited. I have five numbers left. And then they call another number and I have four numbers left and then it keeps going. And I literally only have one number left. And in bingo, there's at the specific bingo hall, there was a, um, <laughs> a lucky ball number. So we were playing the coverall, which was $500. And then the lucky ball, if you bingoed on the lucky ball, which is completely rare. Um, but if you bingoed on it, you would get an extra four ninety nine. So I was sitting there and my aunt Darlene looks at me and she's like, Clara, the last number, the last number. And I was like, yeah, like, I know I'm on my last number. Like I get it. I'm probably not going to win this $500, but I get it. I, I have one number left. And she goes, no, look at it. And I looked at it and it was 072. 
which just so happened to be the lucky ball number. And when I saw that, I, I literally probably beat myself a little. Um, and then the guy called 072. And I literally, like I said, bingo. And it's that gut feeling that you're like, please, no one else say it. Please, no one else say it. Because then you have to split the bingo with someone. And which is great because you still win something that like you didn't have before. But I kind of just wanted it all to myself and nobody, it was, nobody said anything. And there I am literally probably pissing my pants and I'm probably sweating in places I didn't know I could sweat. And all of these emotions that I was so excited that I won and my grandma's happy. I'm happy, like all these things. And so I called a couple family members and some were ecstatic. And then there was one that was not so ecstatic. And this person very much so put a downer on me. And it really gave me a rain check of I mean, a brain check in and kind of stopped me in my tracks of, is this really how I should be treated? And I was sitting on the phone and I texted this person and I was so, so, so excited. And I was like, oh my gosh, I just won like $999. I went on the lucky ball. I'm so ecstatic. Like this is going to help me with college so much and help fix my car and all of these things that, you know, college students aren't, aren't the richest people. We have a lot of debt. And I, I got a response in text message back that said, how dare you? Why are you not mourning your mother? Sometimes she, she said, sometimes this is hard. Sometimes I wish you were the one gone and she was the one still alive. And that hit real hard because this person promised my mom to take care of me and watch over me. This person was supposed to be a family member and love you unconditionally. And there was probably some substance abuse and I can give all the excuses for whatever reason that this person feels that they needed to say that. But I, I was broken for a while after that. Um, that relationship still to this day has not been what it should have been. Um, when I brought it to their attention about a month later, because they were like, why are you acting so weird? And I brought it to their attention. They basically denied it. I went into my Verizon, um, my Verizon plan and pulled up, like I paid $35 to get the text message, like printed, um, from Verizon um, to show proof, they still denied it. It was absolutely nuts um, of how much like a substance can do. But then even if they didn't mean to say it or it wasn't what they wanted to say in that moment, A, they still said it and B, they still have yet to apologize. Um, and this is when I was a senior in college. like. 
this is college years and I'm now 30. Like this is, it was absolutely nuts. So that all kind of to say during my college years, yes, there were some great things that happened and yes, college is wonderful in its own way. I got to do some wonderful um, planning. I got to plan the wishes for the kids um, in that network from Make-A-Wish being that internship. I was able to stand my ground um, and being able to work full-time, go to school full-time, be in a sorority and do work study, all the things. And I feel so accomplished, especially with like an immune deficiency disorder. Like it's completely insane to me that I was still able to accomplish all of those things, even though I had that disease. And it's, it's such a blessing that I even had the opportunity to do that. Um, later on in life, I kind of found out that my aunt and uncle Darlene and Paul wanted to adopt me. And in those college years, like I was an independent by state, um, because I, I turned 18 father figures, not on the birth certificate, but my mom was, but then when she passed away, I became an independent by state, unless you have a guardian. And then once you turn 18, your guardianship goes away and then you are on your own. So they were toying with it, but they never really, they never told me that um, in high school, they never really said those things. So all during college, I didn't, I had family and I had people to go to, but I never really felt like I had, like I was wanted um, by family. I mean, and that's probably crazy to say. And my family's probably like, that's not what happened and, or not how it was supposed to be out, but that's just my true feelings. Um, And to like, now that they've told me that I now understand kind of the decision they made, like I wouldn't have had a full ride to college and just some student loans. I wouldn't have had the opportunities I had based on my status. And it, it's just completely, it completely blows me away. Um, that they really looked at that future time and not just what are our feelings now and what is that going to do now? Um, so yeah, that was kind of my life in college. Obviously we all had, the fun times in college. I had them too. Um, but those were some main things that really turned me into the person I am today. And my senior year in college, I had one, um, semester left after my internship and I went ahead and did every, I did my three courses that I needed. I did them all online and I went and visited my friend in Dallas, Texas. And when I came back, I, I told my family that I wanted to move and I literally packed up my things. My grandparents helped me and I moved to Texas two weeks later. That's the next episode.